You are about to hear a message from one of our worship services at Rescue Church, located in West New York, New Jersey. If you'd like to visit or learn more about us, please check out www.rescuechurch.tv. The Holy Spirit has been speaking. Okay? Because today's message is on the children's bread. But I didn't name it that because I had a different name. <laughs> but that's the passage. And then me and brother Jeremiah were having a conversation. That the very thing that you spoke about here, we were talking about last night. About Jesus going to hell and getting the keys and blah, 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 blah. So, for people who are cognizant, what does that mean? Alert. Aware. The Spirit of God, <laughs> the Spirit of God, we're going to separate them. The Spirit of God is actually speaking to people who are listening. Okay? So, your Christianity is not determined by your talking. It's determined by your listening. In fact, if you want to have something to say, you better learn to listen. <laughs> you, if someone has something to say, they've only learned to listen. Because anything of value that I can say to you does not proceed from me. It does not. It proceeds from him. If it's of value, it's from him. Yeah. So that's free. Um. And when you, when you understand that, actually, it, it reshapes your prayer life. Because your prayer life is not just, God, what are you going to do for me? Which, I mean, I have a major to-do list for the Lord. I'm like, you know, I get that. And, and I'm, not, I'm not coming against petitions. It's biblical as long as it's with thanksgiving. Right? It's biblical. It's fine. Even, even if it's what you want. It's okay. My, my son, he doesn't feel ashamed to come to me and say, I want this or I want that. So if you have that feeling, that's religion. That's not the father. My kid will be like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. I mean, they don't care. And, and that's how I am with my father. I'll be like, listen, <laughs> no, I've been with your folks for a long time, Jesus. You got to help, Pastor, because <laughs> these are your people, Lord. <laughs> you know? so, anyway, so <laughs> we got a lot of scriptures today. But before we get into all the scriptures, I want you to know one thing. The scriptures were written and the Holy Spirit was given that we might have hope. Okay. Proverbs 13 says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. What does that mean? Okay. It means that without hope, your heart... Hebrew is the word leb. Your heart cannot function correctly. So think of, think of a human heart without blood. How long can it live without blood? How long can, can someone get, let's say someone dies, they're an organ donor, and they pull that heart out of someone's chest, and then it's going in someone else's chest. How long can that live before they put it on ice, before they treat it? How long do you think you can live in, in your spiritual journey without hope. Not long. 
When you do hopeless things, you do self-destructive things. So if you see someone who is doing self-destructive behavior, it's because they're hopeless. So hope deferred makes the heart sick. And the word deferred there is like if, let's say if hope is this bottle, it's like if I snatch it away. So you have to hold on to hope. If you lambano hope, if, if you, you have to hold on to it. You have to lay hold of it and you have to have a firm grip on hope. And hope also has a firm grip on you, but don't let go. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and forsake you. He never said, you never leave him or forsake him. So you have to hold on. You have to hold on. Don't neglect your salvation. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. Take your relationship with Jesus seriously. Just because your husband or your wife or your friends don't, doesn't mean you shouldn't. This is not a game. This is, this is about eternity. This is forever. So hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, hope always has a desire. It has to become specific. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. You, you know what the, the point of, remember, do you remember the tree of life? You know that God never said he couldn't eat from the tree of life. God said he couldn't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life is eternal life. The tree, so so there, is, there is a realm of eternity with your expectations. There is something that is from eternity with, with even temporal expectations about the life God gave you. So... If the Spirit was given and the Scriptures were written that you would have hope, how important is hope? Hope, thank you guys, hope <laughs> is essential. Like, it is, it is critical without hope. You, hope is the anchor of your soul. If you have no anchor, you're in trouble. And we live in a, in a culture that has no anchor. Why do people have no peace? Why do people have no joy? Because they have no righteousness. Without righteousness, you don't have no peace or no joy. You have delusion. If you are not righteous before God, your conscience will not allow you to have peace because God gave you your conscience to tell you, hey, wake up! What are you doing? You're going to kill, you're going to destroy yourself, you're going to destroy your family, and you're going to wake up in hell. That's what you want? And your conscience tells you, this isn't satisfying, this isn't working, that's God. Knocking on the door. The scripture says that the law of God was written in the heart of man. That's God quickening you on the inside. And many people will ignore that voice their whole life. And then wonder why their life is as it is. Well, anyone who ignores the voice of God, that's, that's where they're going. And that's not the heart of God for people. God's heart for people is that they would be filled with hope. Which is not natural, it's supernatural. Which I'm going to get into. Okay. Now, we've got some scriptures today. We've got a lot of scriptures today. We've got a cute little box here for you. Different colors and stuff like that. Little soothing tone. Little vanilla is very in right now. Vanilla is one of, the, one of the colors that's in. It's trending. So I thought I would help you with that. And so we're going to go into Matthew 15 for a few minutes. It says, uh, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a, Canaan, uh, a woman from Canaan, came uh, from that region and cried out, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. If you think kids, 
can't have demons, you probably don't have no kids. <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. Okay, but he answered her not a word. Uh-oh. Here comes Jesus. I want to say one thing to you, that nice is not a fruit of the Spirit. We have a man-made Jesus. I'm not saying jerk is a fruit of the Spirit. But nice is not a fruit of the Spirit. But he answered not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Boys, you can't read the room. Boys, ain't nobody looking for you. <laughs> They're looking for Jesus, brother. They're not looking for you. <laughs> That's another message. Okay, but he answered and said, I was not set, uh, sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Uh-oh. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me! But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which falls from their master's table. <laughs> then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great, or mega, we would say huge, <laughs> is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now we're going to look at this same exact story in Mark. This is 7 and 24. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. <laughs> well, why would you feel like that, Jesus? <laughs> Anyhow, okay. And wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, Heard about him, and she came there and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast a demon out of her. But Jesus said, Let the little children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs... Under the table, eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Let me just humanize this for a second. To see... Your children suffer is a terrible, miserable, horrible feeling. The only thing worse than seeing your children suffer is to see them die. This is worse than seeing a spouse die. This is, this is a terrible situation. This is not something that you want to experience in your life. 
And so she has this level of pain. And so she's bringing this situation to Jesus. You know what this is called? It's called prayer. And she doesn't get her prayers answered the first time. In fact, Jesus doesn't even respond to her at first. And then his response to her is not favorable. It's actually kind of offensive. But here's the problem. It's actually biblical. And a Bible that doesn't offend you, is, is you will not change if you're not offended. In other words, if the Bible doesn't prod your conscience and the Bible doesn't get at you, then it's not dealing with you. You cannot tell me that you read the Bible and God is not dealing with you. Because you don't just read the Bible, the Bible reads you. So from Scripture, right, she's coming to Jesus and she's like, I, I need healing, I have a situation, I have a problem. Are, are you tracking with me? And then Jesus is like, no. And, and that is true. He was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel because the promises were made according to Romans 15 to the fathers. So he was sent there specifically for a specific reason. This is the problem with many of modern church is that we miss Jesus' ministry to his generation. And we miss a lot of things that God would have for us if we would understand correctly the context in which we're dealing. This is a problem, actually. My next book is on this, this very problem because it's too much for a sermon. It, it's, it's, it's important to understand what did Jesus say to his generation and then what does that mean to us? That's important because we want to just pull it right out to us and do a, you know, a tweet or a quote or some sort of motivational thing. That, you know, but that's, that's to miss actually what is he actually saying to them. So this is important because she's coming to him with the problem and... First, he doesn't answer her. Second, he offends her, but she actually refuses to be offended. Authentic faith refuses to be offended. Authentic faith refuses to be offended. I had opportunities to be offended by my pastor. I had opportunities to be disappointed by my pastor. I probably will offend you. Um, and... So you have to choose, are you going to be offended or you're going to have faith because you won't have both. So you, it's either, yes, I'm going to be offended because Jesus will actually give you a reason to be offended. Like he will, like he will actually, because the truth, just so you know, the truth is offensive. And, but if it doesn't trouble you, it won't transform you. If you don't feel a measure of, man, something is just not right, you won't have the courage to actually make it right. Right? Like a, a lot of times people don't go to a doctor if they feel fine. No, one, no one's just sitting here like, yeah, I'm probably, I feel great. I feel strong. Uh, and yeah, I feel like I'm dying of cancer. So let me just go check. No, you feel well, so you don't think about going to a doctor. It's not, until, it's not until your body starts sending you notifications that something is wrong. So as Christians, it's like, how long will we swipe the notification and not deal with actually the situation? 
So now this woman has a real bona fide problem. To have a child who just has a behavioral problem, it's like really draining. It's really draining. To have a child who's demon-possessed is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And so now this woman, she has no power to change the situation. She's completely powerless. She can't cast the devil out of anyone. She, she doesn't know God, but when she hears Jesus and when she hears about Jesus, something is stirring within this Gentile woman that says, if I bring this situation to Jesus, it will never be the same. And so she brings the situation to Jesus, and then she has a great opportunity to misunderstand him, to be offended by him. But she doesn't choose offense, she chooses faith. You will never really get a miracle or get a breakthrough unless you choose faith over offense. This is why people get disappointed with God. They pray for, you know, three minutes. Okay, I'm not, I don't speak in tongues. I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. I guess it's just not for me. And they live 15 years of their spiritual life with no, no spirit. Because they were disappointed that it didn't happen for them right away. What if you have to press into it? You will only get what you want. Imagine if you wanted the Holy Spirit like you want your next vacation. Imagine if you wanted the Holy Spirit like I want my next watch. Imagine if you want something, you go after it because the one thing that you desire, that will you seek after. When someone really desires something, you cannot keep them from it. That should be how our relationship with Jesus is. I desire Jesus. You're not keeping me from Jesus and I'm not going to let offense keep me from Jesus. I'm not going to let bitterness keep me from Jesus. I'm not going to let disappointment keep me from Jesus. I'm not going to let frustration keep me from Jesus. I'm going to take it to him. Even if he offends me, I'm coming back. And look at this woman. She came back. He goes to her. He doesn't even answer her. You know how rude that is? That's really like... You know what he was doing? Testing her heart. Testing her heart. He doesn't answer her. She presses. That's like a woman. <laughs> it's like a man would have been like, must not have been God's will. I'll just be an atheist. <laughs> or a Calvinist or whoever. It's just, I'm not getting my miracle, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's like a Calvinist, Baptist, atheist. Pick one, you know, and I'm just going. But this woman has a bona fide problem, and a problem is supposed to teach you to persevere. So she says, no, no, you're not getting rid of me. You, you're going to offend me. I'd rather get offended and have a daughter not with a demon. <laughs> it's like, listen, this is, this is a problem. She's got, she is living with a demon. I don't recommend that. <laughs> it's, not a, it's, it's not a very good idea. So now, she keeps pressing. He says to her, great is your faith, mega. Now, the fascinating part of this is she was one of the people who called him son of David. Which means she knew he was the Messiah even though she was a Gentile. What you know about Jesus will determine what you receive from him. 
You will never receive from someone you don't respect. That's why someone could sit here for years and never change. Someone could come in here for one year and their life can be transformed. You don't respect me enough to receive from me. You don't. That's why you haven't changed. You're not listening to what is being said with spiritual ears. See, you will never receive what you don't respect. Never. She knew he was the Messiah. She knew he had her miracle. She knew it. And she persevered. She refused to be offended. And she got a breakthrough. Many times before a breakthrough is an opportunity to be offended. And can I say this? Jesus is not intentionally trying to offend people. That's not, his, that's, not, that's not the spirit of how Jesus is. That is not the spirit of Christ. Jesus is not intentionally being obnoxious or being rude. He's actually telling her something that is actually biblical. And to be honest with you, the Bible is, is not sensitive to my feelings. So the Bible doesn't go, well, Adam's had a rough day today. And so I'm going to go easy on Adam today. No, the Bible is a double-edged sword that when I open it, it's going to deal with Adam and it doesn't care how Adam's feeling. In fact, it has the power to change how Adam's feeling. So the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So it, it goes right into what you want to do and why you want to do it. And so she, he, Jesus speaks to her and she refuses to be offended, even though she doesn't get her request right away. You have to learn how to persevere in prayer, not lose heart, don't give up, don't be offended, don't be disappointed, hang in there. The miracles are always for people who hang in there. you got to hang in there. You, you, you just hunker down and hang in there. It, it'll all be all right. If you don't quit, don't quit. Don't lose heart. Because if you lose heart, you stop praying. And if you stop praying, you'll lose heart. So don't lose heart and keep praying and keep praying so you don't lose heart. In other words, pray without ceasing, which means don't quit, don't stop. Let, let's keep after this as if we really want it. <laughs> I was telling the brothers a story. I, I got to tell the brothers a story. So I bought a, I bought, I bought a Yeezy Gap white shirt. Last year, I wanted it. I had to have it. I needed it. It wasn't like, it was a need. And they didn't release it in America. They released it in Europe, so you couldn't find it here. So I had to buy it from some European people. And they shipped it to me, and it was delivered empty. And the company didn't give me my money back, so I forgave them. And then the credit card finally gave me my money back. So then I ordered it again. It went to the StockX verifier in Korea, and it was fake. What did I do? I ordered it again. <laughs> it went to the StockX in Korea. Blessings coming from Korea. <laughs> it's a sign from the Lord. And they authenticated it, and it was real, and now it's mine. That was a year. That's a year. That's a year. I didn't give up. 
I waited until it was a price I was comfortable with. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll outwait you. I'll wait. And I bought it. I did not give up. That's a natural story about when you want something, you go after it. The problem with people in the kingdom is they really don't want it. They don't want it. They want Jesus to make it better, but they don't want the king and the kingdom. They want temporary relief. They don't want him. But when you want him, it's different. Because you'll keep after. When you really want something, you will lock in. Red dot. And you'll go. So anyway, she chose not to be offended. Her prayer didn't work. Guess what she did? She worshipped. Her worship didn't work. <laughs> she had to keep talking and keep pressing. <laughs> Sometimes... It's not just about prayer and worship. Sometimes it's about perseverance and hanging in there. Sometimes, no matter how much you pray and no matter how much you worship, it ain't going to happen. You got to hang in there. We live this. You, you got to hang in there. Don't lose heart. You got to hang in there. The, the Lord is good. Oh, woman, great mega is her faith. Let it be to you. And so the mother's faith was for the daughter's breakthrough. Sometimes your faith isn't for you. It's for someone else. It's for someone you're responsible for. Many times we misadminister our faith. Let me say what I mean. The primary purpose of faith is to please God, not get what I want. Okay. My faith is for my metron. It's for my measure. The first place my faith needs to be administered to is what am I responsible for? I'm not going to be chasing someone I'm not responsible for and neglect my metron. I'm going to lock down my Metron so that I can overflow, so my Metron can grow. I'm going to be wise with what I have so that God can say, okay, everywhere you go is a blessing. I'm going to keep blessing you. You have to be faithful with your faith. The first place your faith is supposed to operate besides your heart is in your home. In your home. It's easy to go give a water filter or a bag of groceries. It's easy. You feel good about yourself. You take pictures. But faith, what happens when faith brings contention into the home and it says, now, wait a second. We're not going to go in that direction. We're going to go in this direction. See, faith is for what you are responsible for. Do not neglect what you are responsible for, for things that you're not responsible for. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I do not 
I would not go and buy sneakers if my mortgage, if, 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 if there's bills. Imagine I come in here walking around with $600 sneakers, $1,000 sneakers, I don't tithe. Listen, your faith is for what you are responsible for. That mother is responsible for her daughter. And that mother knows I don't have what it takes. But Jesus does. So she brings her daughter to Jesus. And that is the calling of God. To bring people to Jesus. And to bring Jesus to people. And to be conformed to his image. And his likeness. So that you are an icon of Jesus. So that when you get pressed. Jesus comes out. Okay. If you are offended, you can't get healed. So, what does the enemy do? The enemy causes you to be offended with the people that are supposed to help you get healed. If I offend you, go to DK. Don't leave. Don't go to Brett. He'll offend you. Worse than me. <laughs> but you know what? The truth is only offensive if you don't want to change. If you want to change, it's a gift. That's why someone could, could, could sit here and say, and send me an email, thank you, blah, 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 versus someone else. With a stiff arm. You're going to break your arm stiff arming. Because you're not stiff arming me. You're stiff arming Jesus. Anyway. Now we're going to go to Romans 15. We just started. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm not playing but I'm playing. Okay. Romans 15. Paul to the Romans. We then, this verse 1, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples or the weakness of the weak. So Paul knew he was strong. It's okay to know you're strong. But in the kingdom, strength is used to help the weak. It's not used to flex on people. It's, not, it's used to lift people. Okay? That's a different administration of strength. Like in the kingdom, the heroes die for love, not kill for freedom. That's a whole different, it's kingdom, it's not empire. We'll always get more of what we celebrate. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. This is not speaking about being a man pleaser. This is speaking about doing things for my neighbor that is good for my neighbor. So let's say my neighbor is a recovering alcoholic. I probably shouldn't take my neighbor to a bar. <laughs> like, like, that's not what the we want to take the neighbor. Okay? So, uh, for even as Christ did not please himself, but as is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, 
that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Let me say something to you. If you don't have patience, you don't have hope. And hope energizes patience. Hope fuels patience. See, why? Because it's coming. It's coming. And hope, not only does it hold on to you, it helps you hold on. Now, may the God of patience, uh-oh, <laughs> the God of patience, what does that mean? It means that patience proceeds from God, right? So let's say you are not patient. I, my, by nature, I was not a patient person. By nature, my wife is a very patient person. I was not a patient person. But the more you seek the Lord, the more you find patience. The more you know patience is working for you, not against you. Think of patience with economics. Think of how compound interest works as a result of self-control. Self-control times patience equals multiplication. You have to hold on. You have to hold on. Now, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Do you know that's happening? It's hard to be divided with people that you're like-minded with. It's, it, it's, Sarah and I have never went to sleep angry. Although we're different personalities, we are like-minded. We have the same core actual beliefs. Now she's very different in personality and temperament. Totally, we're like night and day. But I can tell you, and maybe you don't believe me. God knows it's true. In 21 years, I have never went to sleep angry. On the worst day of my life, I slept like a baby because the peace of God is my portion. And that is possible. That is life in the kingdom. That's not life in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So if God takes our temperature, it should be kingdom, not world. If I'm not kingdom, I don't have anything for the world. If I think the world has something from me, I will compromise with the world. But if I know I'm kingdom, then I have to administrate myself differently than the world. And that's actually... For their benefit. Imagine you're dealing with someone that loves you that doesn't want to take advantage of you. Someone that loves you doesn't want to manipulate you. Someone that loves you that doesn't want to extort you. Someone that actually is going to say things not for their gain but for yours. That's how we as kingdom citizens should be. So when we're in the workplace, we're in the marketplace, people should, we should be their go-to person because they should be able to count on us because we're solid. That you may, with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, one mind, one mouth. Two minds is a monster. 
Two mouths is a monster. One mind and one mouth. That's, that's the goal. You want to know what a good marriage looks like? One mind, one mouth. All right, that was free. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. So that means be welcoming, receive people. So that means the, the love that Jesus has for me, that I have for you, and you have for me, and we have for people. That's welcoming. That, that means that people should receive a warm welcome. Not a fake welcome, a warm welcome. What is real, not, not what is disingenuous and plastic for a few hours, but something real. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God. Here comes to confirm the promises made to the fathers. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. What just happened? A Canaanite woman, a Syrophoenician woman, a Gentile. Let's continue. Watch this. I'm going to show this to you. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him with all the peoples. We just read that psalm before we started. My son Justice read it. Psalm 117. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and in him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of positive thinking. No, it doesn't say that. It says by the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that heals the sick. The power that holds the planet in motion. All things are held together by the word of his power. One power. You know it took four powers to raise Jesus from the dead and one power to hold the planet in motion? It takes more powers to make Saul into Paul and to make him a minister of the gospel than it does to hold the planet in motion. It took three of God's powers to transform Saul to Paul. And it takes one for God to hold the planet in motion. The outward things are not the, the thing. The inward thing is where God allocates his resources to. See? That's why you have to have a value for people. A value for people. Not buildings. People. Let me show you some of these scriptures. We're going to go back here. You see these scriptures? These scriptures are scriptures we're going over, but these are scriptures here, 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 
2 Samuel 22.50, Psalm 18.49, Deuteronomy 32.43, Psalm 117.1, Isaiah 11.1, and Isaiah 11.10. These are scriptures that Paul is referencing in this writing to Gentile believers who are Gentiles, us, non-Jewish people. Gentile pagans, <laughs> believing pagans, which is us. Remember when Jesus said to her, you, you, the daughter had an unclean spirit, and he called her a little dog? She was. She was. She was unclean. And the fruit of her uncleanness is her daughter had a demon. Oh, it's generational. It's deep. Oh, no, no, it's really. It's in there. And so the demon left, and she was healed. So there's a connection between sickness and the demonic. Sometimes you don't know what you're dealing with. Are we dealing with mental illness? Are we dealing with generational stuff? Are we dealing with a demon? Are we dealing with all three? <laughs> what are we dealing with? And usually it's a blend. That's what makes it. <laughs> it's like, it's not only who are we dealing with today, it's what are we dealing with today? Okay. But guess what? There's victory in Jesus. When you have authority, it don't matter what you're dealing with. When you have authority, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If someone is rich, it doesn't matter if it's on sale or not. Because they have money for it. It doesn't matter. They don't care. We have authority. We have spiritual authority. Now, you only have authority to the degree your life is submitted. So if you have a problem with authority, you have an authority problem. Which there will be fruit of an authority problem in different aspects of your life. And God doesn't want to just identify them so you feel bad. He wants to reveal them to heal them so that you can live with overflow and abundance because God doesn't want children to suffer unnecessarily. Many times our children suffer for our choices. And if, and if, and if you, let's say you did that, it's okay. There's healing, but we don't want to keep perpetuating that. For especially for you who don't have children, you have children on the way. You don't want to damage your children. You want to actually raise them and nurture them in the fear of the Lord. And if you have children that are damaged, you have to ask God to show you how to navigate this because that is actually a responsibility. A wife is not responsible to be her husband's dad, but she is responsible to be her children's mother. And vice versa. You cannot fix your wife or ex-wife or whoever, but you are responsible to nurture those children. So you have to always discern what is your realm of responsibility. All right. It says that in him... In Jesus, in the Messiah, the Gentiles shall hope. Now, if you read the King James, it says trust. But neither one of those are the full thing. The full thing is in him they shall confide in. Now, I don't confide in people who can't help me. <laughs> no. You don't tell people anything who can't help you. If you have a leaking problem because you're broken, that's okay. You don't talk about things with people who are not authorized to help you. 
If you have a foot problem, you talk to the foot doctor. You don't go and tell the guy at 7-Eleven because he doesn't have any, nothing for you. That's why he's working at 7-Eleven. He doesn't know anything about feet. <laughs> I'll give you a filly, but he doesn't know about feet. <laughs> anyway, confide in. Confiding in Christ is wise. Confiding in Christ is one of the most important things that you can do for your mental health. Mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. Yeah, you're not going to have mental health if you resist your conscience and you do what is against God and you do self-destructive behavior. What did you think you were going to get? Uh, I'm really struggling with my mental health. Yes, I know, because you live in sin. And you live in iniquity. And iniquity is damaging to your conscience. It can sear your conscience, which is really the destruction of your humanity. Because that's what's different from you and Fluffy. Fluffy doesn't have a conscience. Confiding in Christ is one of the most important things you can do for your mental health. This is critical. Confiding in, what does that mean? I trust him with the hidden things in my heart. I trust him with my disappointment, my struggle, my frustration, my anger. I, whatever, I'm go whatever it is, he sees it anyway, so why pretend? Imagine if someone is walking around with their fly open the whole time pretending like they're not. I'm not having my fly open though, just so you know. But they're pretending that everything is all good. Staggering around with their fly open. And that's how people are who are pretending, who, 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 don't, who are acting like Jesus can't see. Jesus, everything is naked to Jesus' eyes. Oh, he sees everything as it is. Everything. So there's no point in pretending because we don't have to. We don't have to put on makeup to see Jesus. He's like, I see them cracks, and I love you. <laughs> okay, only confide in people who are trustworthy. This is, you, don't, God never ever tells you to trust untrustworthy people. If you don't see integrity in someone's life, why would you trust them? I say this to people, people look at me crazy. I will only trust you as much as your integrity will permit me to trust you. So you're the one who determines how much I trust you. He is the truth and he can't lie, so he is trustworthy. Jesus, listen, is trustworthy. What does that mean? It means that you can trust him with anything and with everything, and you don't have to be ashamed about anything because he knows anyway, and he still loves you, and he will walk you through it. He will not abandon you in it. He will help walk you out of a situation he didn't get you in. That's how good he is. You can come to him with anything. Expect from when you bring your petitions before the Lord with thanksgiving, you can expect him to be present in the very situation you are praying about. 
Emmanuel is not just a truth for Christmas. Emmanuel is the truth of the gospel. It's the whole moral of the story. It's not a cute song for your tree. It is the whole point of the story. God wants to be with us. God wants to be in us. God is for us. Now, Jesus is not just someone you can confide in. He's someone you can expect from. So there's sometimes we confide in people. We're like, hey, man, like, you know, this is my situation. And they're like, oh, wow, it's amazing. Like, I, I really would like to help you. I just can't help you. Jesus will never say that to you because he actually can help you. He actually will help you. But to receive the help that he has, you have to participate with his plan, not yours. That, that's, that's the situation. The situation is, will you participate with his plan? Will you work with him or will you work against him? That's, 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 a, that's a very basic and simple thing. But generally speaking, it's not all that simple how it plays out. So ask the Lord, help me, Lord, to participate with your plan, even when I don't understand. Because understanding is not essential for participation. The result of trusting and hoping in the Lord Jesus is joy. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. So the result of confiding in him and the result in expecting from him, the result of that, what is the result? The result, glad you asked. <laughs> the result is joy, which is the actual end game of what every human wants. That's the end game. That's the end game of the big house, the fast car, the pretty wife, the, the, the shiny watch. The end game is <laughs> the little kid jumping all, you know, down the steps into your arms. Ah! The end game is joy. This is what people want. You were created for joy. What does God say to the faithful? To the faithful, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy <laughs> of your master. Enter into that. Emmanuel, enter into Emmanuel, enter into the joy that is not dependent upon a circumstance. It's dependent upon a person. It's not dependent upon an outcome. It's dependent on him. Which changes outcomes and rewrites stories. All right, we're almost done. I know you're we're almost done. No worry. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Smiling while you wait. <laughs> and may you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that means that when people get around you, my cup is running over. What's in your cup? Hope. 
So, so when, you, when you get around someone who is abounding in hope, they have expectations for you that you do not yet have for yourself. Welcome to pastoral ministry. We want to see and we believe the best for you and about you. We want to see you succeed. We don't sit in pastors' meetings and go, well, I think Brett's house is simply too nice and I'm very concerned about him. <laughs> They'll be like, why does a pastor live there? <laughs> why do you care so bad? <laughs> like, <laughs> we actually want you to succeed as long as it doesn't cost your soul. We're actually in your corner. Remember the old guy who used to squirt Rocky? Mickey, come on, Rock, get that bum. He squirts him with water. That's what we're like. We're like encouraging you. We want to see you fight the good fight of faith and win because Jesus won. We want to see you succeed. We want to see you abound in hope so that the end result is joy. Because that's what people want. That's what makes our faith attractive. The peace of God and the joy of the Lord make our faith attractive without hype or compromise. Something that is real and valuable doesn't need hype. There's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a thing on Instagram that talks about Lamborghini. They don't do commercials because the people who buy Lamborghinis are not watching TV. They don't have to hype it up. Sit in it. You hit the gas, you're going to feel all the hype you need. When something is real, it doesn't need hype. Hype? You know what hype is? Hype is a mask of fakeness. That's another story. You don't need hype or compromise. Hype is hiding. I'm going to leave that alone. We're out of here. Almost lunchtime. Stick with me. How to respond. Don't get offended. <laughs> don't allow what you don't understand to offend you. Ask questions. Don't harbor offenses. Don't let what didn't happen distract you. Don't allow the truth to offend your heart because if it does, it will corrupt your mind. Offense will corrupt your mind. Doctrinal issues are heart issues. All the Bible students are like, hey, man. I'm like, okay, I'm not making this up. Keep praying. Pray without ceasing means don't quit. Keep praying. Keep listening. Learn how to persevere in prayer. Learn how to press through delay and disappointment. That's what the Gentile woman did. It says that in him the nations, the Gentiles will hope. This is her. That's her story. That's what she did. She pressed through that. He didn't answer her. She kept praying. That didn't work. She worshiped. That didn't work. She hung in there. And then she gave him a line. She spoke in faith. And he responded. You know what she said? She said, well, 
even the dogs eat the crumbs. In other words, I persevered, I prayed, I worshipped, I waited, I wasn't offended, my faith was tested, and I'm going to lay hold of this miracle because my daughter needs it. And in him, the Gentiles shall hope in and confide. Confide in and expect from. That's what she did. She trusted him. She stuck with it. She didn't get offended. She stuck with it. You have to stick with it. I don't know what happens when you get Christian. We lose our intensity. Don't ever lose your intensity. Let God sanctify it. Let God temper it. Let God form it. Let God shape it. Don't lose your intensity. Intimacy with God. Confide in the Lord by sharing your struggles and confessing your sin. That's okay. I'm struggling with this and that. All right. You're looking at people who know about struggle. Confide in the Lord by sharing your struggles and confessing your sin. Share your disappointments and desires with Jesus and expect him to lead you forward into victory. Why would I follow someone that I don't believe is going to lead me to victory? See, what you deter your theology will determine your biography. What you believe about God will determine your willingness to partner with him and to follow him. Whether you know it or not, your life is formed by your theology. Your practices are formed by your theology. How you handle money is formed by your theology. How you handle relationships is formed by your theology. Your theology informs you of everything, whether you know it or believe it or not. We're done. Everyone's like, amen. <laughs> Whether we believe it, whether we know it, whether we acknowledge it or not, it doesn't make something not true. Just because you don't believe something doesn't mean it's not true. It's like, <laughs> I don't see that. Well, I mean, you could not see, you know, a wall and run right into it. It's like, you know, it's, it's very possible. Like, when you're like, I don't see that. Oh, we know you don't see that. I, I, we, everyone knows you don't see that. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to help you see it. So that you can reap the benefit of it. Because in the spirit, what you don't see, you can't seize. Round the, round the mulberry bush again. Round the mountain. But God doesn't want us to do laps like that that are unnecessary. God wants us to see it, learn from it. But ultimately, what I'm really trying to convey today is that Jesus is safe. He's safe for two reasons. He has the power to change the situation. But he also loves you enough to tell you what is true. Because truth is what leads to lasting freedom. Lasting freedom. And even when something seems offensive, it's true. Like when he said, the little dogs, that was the, a Jewish way of biblically saying she was unclean and the fruit of her uncleanness is her daughter had an unclean spirit. So what he was saying was true, even though it was offensive, but they weren't offended, she pressed. So even if the truth offends you, 
Don't let it sidetrack you. Keep coming to Jesus. Because if you respond correctly to him, you'll receive a miracle. You'll receive from him what you can't get on your own. That woman couldn't, couldn't make that happen. She was completely incapable of making what she needed to happen, happen. And guess what? We are that woman. Not a woman. <laughs> but that is our condition. Every one of us has a need in our life that we cannot make happen. The richest person that you know has a need money cannot fix. The richest person you know has a need money cannot fix. So you, you have to be aware of that. And if you're aware of that, you'll come to him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for the welcome of Abba. Thank you that you're so trustworthy and that you want us to be overflowing hope, filled with joy, so that people can experience your kingdom as we serve you and love you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to administer faith for what we're responsible for, that we would be found faithful in this season so that we could spring forward and there could be increase. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.